Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy. For today, my name is Heather. <clears throat> Got some headlines for you guys today. Uh, so if you haven't listened to this program, so I give you news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view. So these are just gonna be things you're not gonna hear about in the mainstream media. So that's what we're gonna do today. Talk about things you're not gonna hear about in the mainstream media. Number one today is Revelation six. The rider, death on a corpse-colored horse, with hail following after him. So we got that today. What else are we going to talk about today? The last few years have revealed a lot about the condition of America's churches. I talk about that a lot. We're going to talk about more of that today. And what else? We've got report warns Al-Qaeda working on brand new, quote, airplane, unquote, attacks on the U.S. And... A needed wake-up call from Jonathan Brentner. I do enjoy his article. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And that's under Cultural Hope, Pre-Tribulation, Rapture. We'll see what he's got to say about that today. Of course, that's the depopulation agenda of the elite. All right. So we'll talk about that. And what else are we going to talk about today? I think that's going to give us a lot. A lot to talk about. I did want to throw in that... Um, Vladimir Putin has called a temporary ceasefire um, this morning for uh, the Ukrainian, um, I believe it's Christmas holidays. So we'll see how that goes. Um, boy, that wouldn't be, that'd be nice if it just turned into a complete ceasefire. That would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Don't think that might happen, though. So what else? Okay, so let's check it out. Okay, guys. So, oh, and we'll see about... Um, the Speaker of the House here in the United States looks like McCarthy has cut a deal to get the votes for the next ballot. I'm not too big on McCarthy. You want to know why? You can probably guess why because you know how I feel. Trump is backing him. So I'm like, hmm, make America great again. I'm not too big on that. America is not going to be great again. America is in a cesspool of sin. Unfortunately, um, God uh, is, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, thank God's judgment is upon the United States. Unless our entire country repents. Ah, you know, it can happen. It can happen. Look at Jonah and Nineveh. He didn't want to go. He wanted to get what they deserved. But oh no, God had other plans. So you never know what God has plans. That's right. We just keep praying and praying and praying. The New York red flag law ruled unconstitutional. So New York's extreme risk protection order law enacted in 2019 allowed people to request that firearms be temporarily seized from their owners if they're deemed likely to seriously harm themselves or others. But in a late December decision, New York Supreme Court ruled the law, quote, does not sufficiently protect a citizen's rights, unquote, and is hereby dismissed in its entirety. Well, there you go. There's a win. There is a win. Think about it. If your neighbor don't like you, play your music too loud. I mean, he can call in on you. So I think, I think, you know, whatever. You know how this world goes. But anyway, the global financial system is a Rube Goldberg machine. He goes, let's cut to the chase. Overall, the global financial system is not a well-designed efficient machine. Instead, it is a cobbled together mess all glued together in a haphazard way to get the job done. To make matters worse, this system is greased by the greed of those who benefit from stealing a little from here and from there. In the real world, things are usually not intentionally designed to be complicated, but the reality is that they just are. So there we have it goes. There's a lot of good stuff going on now today. Lots of stuff, folks. If you're not in the news, you know, 
you may not know, right? And not just your everyday news that you're getting from the CBS and all of them other Fox, all this, even Fox News, all this other stuff. Um, it's kind of hard to be trusted when they say the exact same thing. You know, all the same headlines, they say the same thing. It's kind of creepy, really. But anyway, the Sanhedrin admonishes the EU. This is a good one. Uh, Ten days ago, a letter was discovered revealing that the European Union was working on a strategy to expand the Palestinian presence in Israeli-controlled territory in Judea and Samaria. This revelation led to Israeli consternation, and 40 Knesset members officially sent a letter of protest to the EU. In addition, the Nassim Sanhedrin issued an official response warning the EU that their actions run counter to the biblical connection between the Jews and the land of Israel. The Sanhedrin's official statement opened with a prayer of thanksgiving to the God of Israel and Master of the World. Well, praise the Lord. Guys, you can find some more um, headlines if you want to go to raptureready.com, raptureready.com. Otherwise, you can go to All Tree News and Views. That's a good one, alltreeviews.org. That's a great one. Okay, so let's get that along down the way here. So we've got, uh, let's check this guy out right here. So this one I want to talk about. Let me move on over here. So this is a needed wake-up call. Okay, so this is Jonathan Brittner, posted on January the 3rd, 2023. And I'm coming to you guys on January the 5th, just in case, you know. So for the past few years, it's been happening across the world, but now millions have seen it on live TV during a Monday night NFL game. The sight of DeMar Hamlin suddenly collapsing on the playing field shocked a great many people, including me. And I'm going to go in here and say me too. Um, so fortunately, emergency response personnel were able to get his heart beating again, although he remains in critical condition at this present time. And of course, Jonathan Brenner says our prayers go out to him, his family, and his teammates. And I definitely um, include that as well. God, I pray that he saves him. So, uh, Dr. Peter A. McCullough, one of the most prominent cardiologists in America, believes that doctors treating Hamlin should seriously consider myocarditis as the cause of Hamlin's sudden heart attack. Since January of 2021, instances of this heart condition have risen exponentially among teenagers and young adults, which in some cases has led to death. So a global increase in deaths. So a growing number of people recognize that something is very wrong with the excessive number of sudden deaths across the world. Although Hamlin is still alive, his cardiac arrest highlights this matter. In a Rasmussen poll released on January the 2nd of 2023, reveals that nearly half of Americans suspect that COVID-19 shots may be to blame for the significant increase in unexplained deaths. About one in four believe they know someone who died from them. Hamlin received a booster injection on December the 26th, six days before collapsing on the field. Almost every day, I read of someone under the age of 45 having a severe stroke or dying from a heart attack. It's far too often, and I see an account of a teenager suddenly dying in this way. This is uh, Jonathan Brittner once again. Uh, the depopulation agenda of the elite in several previous posts, he says he has written about the depopulation plans of the globalists. Yet many believers and pastors believe such a matter is far too extreme to even consider as true. And I always throw in here, Satan has come to kill, steal, and to destroy. God told us that. And we don't think, we don't want to think about that. I know you guys don't. I don't want, I can't imagine anybody being that evil to and maniacal to kill that much of the population. Like murder, like it defies logic we as christians or even if you're not a christian even for you you know it's like what but this is the world we live in these are the end days the bible said the love of many would grow cold and i mean cold and it has 
It really has. Anyway, get back to the article here. So the elite, however, have no problem openly admitting their deadly agenda. Some time ago, he says he listened to a talk that Bill Gates gave several years ago in which he clearly stated that a 15% fatality result of a vaccine would be acceptable. 15%. Anyway, um, if you apply that percentage to the number of people in the United States that have taken the now famous injection, you arrive at 30 million deaths. Just yesterday, he says he watched a lady via, lady via social media tell Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, that the world needs to get back to the population of 500 years ago because only that low number will be sustainable for the future. Several months ago, he said he heard another globalist set the goal of America's population for the year 2025 at 100 million, and he said that stunned him. Stunned me too. It's probably stunning you guys as well too because I'm telling you, you will not hear this on your mainstream media. Anyway, such population talk is all too common among the elite power brokers, but very few people are paying attention. So a wake-up call for us and for pastors. He says, regardless of what caused Hamlin's sudden heart attack, it should be a wake-up call for all of us, he says, and especially for those tasked with caring for the body of Christ. Pastors can no longer deny the reality of the rapidly approaching fulfillment of Revelation chapter 4, verses 18. The words of the Apostle John in these chapters are not symbolic or past history. They represent prophecy regarding the future of the world. We see the precursors of these judgments all throughout the world. He says we may have mere hours left before Jesus is appearing, or it may be days, weeks, months, or even much longer. But a myriad of signs points to the fact that normal as we know, it is rapidly coming to an end. The spirit of the Antichrist is already hard at work in advance of his unveiling to the world, which cannot happen until after the rapture. So in the words of Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 12, apply to us today, he says, perhaps better than any previous day besides this you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed the night is far gone the day is at hand so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light Praise the Lord. Anyway, so the saints need repeated reminders of their imminent and joyous hope in Jesus' appearing during this dark age in history. Yet many pastors never mention the blessed hope of the gospel with even more denying his biblical basis. So it's a time for looking up, he says. With all his heart, he says he believes the prophetic signs of today point to the nearest of the rapture. And he says this because everything he sees shouts to the closeness of the seven-year tribulation. And I totally concur. If you go to J.D. Farag, J.D. Farag, not frog, but Farag, F-A-R-A-G dot org, you're going to learn a lot. He says there's like a timetable. There is an expiration date on biblical prophecy, and there really is. And folks, we are in that time right now. Ooh, everything is here for this to be done, to be implemented. It's all here. Technology is here for the mark of the beast, for everything. It is here right now, and no other time in history has it ever been available. But it is now, and can be implemented, like right now. It can be done. Look at China. 
Woohoo. Hello. Okay. Anyway, back to the article. <laughs> so regardless, now's the time for looking up, he says. So he goes back home and he goes, with all my heart, that's what he believes. So he goes, I also know, he says, that the Lord is both sovereign and all-powerful. From all from our perspective, he may foresaw the start of this horrific time on earth for a longer time than we can imagine. And with it, his return to take us home to glory. He says, but regardless, now is the time for looking up. Holding the things of this life loosely in our hands, he says he cannot forget the side of Hamlin suddenly dropping dead with the rapid emergency response required to bring him back to life. And he prays he fully recovers. And I do too, folks. That was that was so scary, so sad. I can't imagine how his family feels, um, how his teammates feel, any of that. And as far as them going after, was it Tibbs, that the tackle, that is ridiculous. This is football. He didn't do anything wrong. It's football. Even the family said, would y'all stop this nonsense? So there was a news ca- uh, sports commentator that said that. I won't name any names. You guys could probably figure that out. Um, but it's ridiculous. It, it was no way and no way the the other person's fault. No way. Anyway, I just wanted to chunk that out there. But anyway, um, he goes, if this happened 60 years ago, it would have gotten our attention in a dramatic way. But now, how much more should it alert us to the perilous times in which we live? He says, although many things in our world often shock us, as believers, we have a joyous and glorious hope. We are ever so close to the fulfillment of the prophetic words that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 50 to 57 in the words below from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 17. And I'm going to read those to you today. So, for this we declare to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we always be with the Lord. And, uh, that is, folks, that right there is the rapture of the church. That is our hope, guys. That's our hope. It's in uh, Titus 2.13, we are looking for the glorious appearing of our Lord, great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Guys, this is the time. Even if you are not, if you are not a Christian, now is the time to look around and you know something's wrong. Murphy is on the desk. Um, she is sniffing around. So if you hear some background noise, it is the Murph. You know, she's got to come on and make her make her little presence known. Bless her heart. <laughs> All right, I got her perched. She is on the back of the chair, purring in content. So <laughs> we will move along. So yes, folks. Oh my goodness, we have so much to look forward to as Christians. And you know, I, I just thought, you know, how come how come pastors aren't talking about what's going on? How can they not see the signs? How can they not not but it's all about the money. If you look at these churches now, how many people can we get? It's all about growing the church and me, me, me and all this stuff. And it's not It's all about entertainment, storytelling. It's not about making disciples of Jesus Christ. Anyway, we'll talk about that here shortly, too. But anyway, uh, to conclude his article, he goes on to say, um, in these passages and in many others, the Bible describes the biblical event we call the rapture and tells us of a day in which not all believers will die, but the Lord will transform their bodies and catch them up to meet him in the air. That's why I always say Maranatha. (laughs) Anyway, my hope is to be alive. He says his hope, and mine is too, is to be alive at the time of the rapture. And he says he believes it's a valid expectation given the closeness of the day of the Lord. He says, keep looking up. The Lord is coming soon to take us to glory. That's John chapter 14, verses 1 through 
three nests like in my father's house are many mansions or rooms if you perhaps say that he goes if it were not so he would have told us and he has come he has gone to prayer place for us if he's gone to prayer place for us he will come again and take us uh, to be with him and there shall we always be with him so yes in colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 anyway he ends and he says maranatha and you guys know I end all my programs with Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Okay, so we got that one. And so let's move on over here to, um, let's skip over here. So this is, the last few years have revealed a lot about the condition of America's churches. So I kind of want to talk about that. This is Sissy Graham Lynch. and It was posted on January the 2nd of 23. And you can find it at harbingersdaily.com under Deceptions and Apostasy. So, she says, the last few years have revealed a lot about the condition of the church in America. The church has significant divisions over issues like critical race theory, LGBTQ agenda, politics, and social justice versus biblical justice. Uh, but last summer, when the U.S. Supreme Court made its bold decision to overturn Roe versus Wade, the silence from the church on that historic ruling truly shocked me, she said. She anticipated that pastors and churches would celebrate this great victory for the saving of so many innocent lives. He said she had seen plenty of uh, public statements from faith leaders who support other cultural subjects, but now their social media channels were on mute. She goes on to say, many churches might explain their silence as being sensitive to those who have struggled with this decision, including the 30% of women in churches who have had abortions. But what about the lives that could be saved if churches were to talk about and disciple people on the sacredness of life, even life in the womb? When the church refuses uh, to talk about these critical cultural and moral issues, discipleship is exchanged for something more palatable to the culture. The church forgets its primary purpose is discipleship and evangelism. She said recently she read a startling statistic that 51% of Christians say they don't know what the Great Commission is. It's found in Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 to 20 and it says... Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So these are Jesus' final instructions to us. Knowing God's purpose for our lives changes our focus from making church a numbers game to remembering what God has called us to be. Folks, you know it. I know it. They're all about the numbers. Remember, let's church plant, church plant. Folks, telling you, this is what it's all about. And Rick Warren started all that garbage that, ooh, and look at him now. Look at him now. He's an apostate. Anyway, uh, the church today has become too focused on pre presentation and crowd gathering. Worship services include massive LED screens, premium sound systems, and stage props. All kinds of technology, time, and talent are put into, quote, showing the church experience. That in and of itself isn't the problem, she says. These tools can be used powerfully to draw people to the church. She said her grandfather used the communication tools of his time to draw people to his events, but he never missed the opportunity to share the gospel and the truth about how we should live. And he goes on to say, she says, the problem arises when we become too focused on production and not enough on God's word. Once people enter our church doors, they may hear about God and even begin a relationship with Jesus. But too often, they don't learn how to walk with God in a compromising culture. She says, we live in a time where persuasive, skilled communicators are often positioned as pastors. Some of them are more focused on drawing a crowd and keeping them on and 
keeping them then on teaching hard truths and discipling their people to stand apart from the culture. Many pastors focus on personal growth and self-help messages. They use their social media to drive their popularity, not to promote the clarifying and challenging truth of the gospel. This is where so many of today's pastors have gotten it backwards. She says they water down hard topics because they don't want to, they, because they want to keep their numbers up. They've got big staffs and big buildings to pay for. They can't afford to offend. She says, it seems to me that the greatest stumbling block in our church today is over the second greatest commandment, where Jesus told us to love our neighbors as ourselves. We have sacrificed the gospel in the name of love as defined by the world. She says, we have understood, quote, loving, unquote, someone to mean not offending them. But if you love somebody, truly love them, you are going to tell them the truth that saves their soul. You will tell them that sin is keeping them away from a holy God who loves them. And when God's word is taught, when it is the priority, it gives people the tools they need to know how to handle the controversial situations we see today. She says, the church shows the beauty and compassion of the gospel by how we care for others and by how we love each other. She says, and the church tells the compelling message of the gospel by speaking the truth, even when it's hard, and by being willing to be a place of discipleship, not just showmanship. She says, we will face hard days. She says, will we face hard days when we tell as well as show, she asks. And she says, yes, our culture tries to shame and shut down those who refuse to go along with the current woke narrative. But she says, but we, the church, must not lose our focus on evangelism and discipleship. We have a treasure to share, the incredible gift of redemption and eternal life through Jesus Christ. Folks, you can check that article out of Harbinger's Daily, and I could not have written that better. That is fantastic. That absolutely tells the truth of what is going on in today's culture. What else do we have going on today? Let's jump over here to Report Warns Al-Qaeda is working on a brand new airplane attack on U.S. This is by Bob Unrum, and you can find it at the WND.com. Mm-hmm. Mm. So let's talk about that. Sorry, folks, my voice is not quite to where it was. Still kind of <clears throat> getting over the um, whatever that was. I have no idea what it was, but, but I lost my voice so far back. So let's go on. So there's a new threat. To America emerged in an intelligent alert obtained by a government watchdog, Judicial Watch, with, which describes it as a plan to use airplanes to attack using new techniques and tactics, it says. So the report explained, the threat cannot come at a worse time as Biden administration leaves aircrafts at risk by sending, this is the most ridiculous thing, and okay, okay, this is, my goodness, brace yourselves, folks. If you have not taken your blood pressure pill, take a moment back and pause or fast forward. Okay, I gave you enough time. Okay, so the threat cannot come at a worse time as Biden administration leaves aircraft at risk by sending 150 to 200 federal air marshals monthly, monthly folks, to the southern border to help deal with what it calls, quote, a surge in irregular migration, unquote. A surge in irregular <laughs> really? No, it's all out war on our border. I'm sorry. Anyway, so it goes on to say, quote, the deployments will continue indefinitely according to uh, multiple FAM sources and the specially trained aviation security specialists are outraged. The agency works under the Transportation Security Administration, or TSA, which was created after 9-11 to prevent 
another terrorist attack. FAM is charged with protecting commercial passenger flights by deterring and countering the risk of terrorist activity. Nevertheless, in late October, the Biden administration began deploying the highly trained law enforcement officers to busy border patrol sectors to help with hospital watch, transportation, security, and welfare checks at migrant facilities, Judicial Watch reported. Folks, Biden. Oh, Biden, I did call him because he knows all the Obamas. Anyway, the last major quote airplane attack on the United States was 9-11, which in Muslim terroristic hijacked four jetliners um, deliberately crashed them into the Twin Towers in New York and the Pentagon in Washington, killing nearly 3,000 innocent civilians. The fourth jet was crashed, likely because passengers fought back into a Pennsylvania field. It probably was heading towards the White House. Now, yeah, I know everybody's got their special takes. Did that really happen? Did it not happen? Was it was a fake. Did the buildings implode? I have my own special view on that. And uh, so I just want you guys to know this is not, this does not represent what I think. We'll put it that way. You always see this when these when they come on their paid advertisements on your late night TV. The, the views of this does not represent those of the, whatever. Okay, so I'm just telling you, this does not represent my views in total. So anyway, I'm just reading an article. So anyway, it goes on to say, the Judicial Watch report said, quote, Al-Qaeda is planning attacks in the U.S. involving planes, according to high-level Department of uh, Homeland Security sources. Uh, Judicial Watch obtained from government sources a copy of the new intelligence alert, which was delivered on December 31st, 2022 at 1223.52 Greenwich Mean Time. The caption of the widely circulating warning reads, Al-Qaeda says upcoming attacks on U.S., possibly involving planes, will use new techniques and tactics. Judicial Watch reported that just recently, the Air Marshal National Council represented marshals nationwide charged the TSA Administration David Pekoski and FAM Director Tyrell Stevenson with breaking the law and overstepping their authority by sending marshals to the southern border. Goes on to say, in a formal complaint to the DHS Inspector General, the group also accused the Homeland Security leaders of fraud, waste, and abuse of authority, sending their marshals to El Paso, Texas, San Diego, California, Laredo, Texas, McAllen, Texas, Tucson, Arizona, and Yuma, Arizona, to transport illegal immigrants and conduct welfare checks has no relation to TSA's core missions of transportation security, the complaint states, according to the Judicial Watch. It insists, quote, the statute does not give the administrator any authority to deploy TSA or FAM employees to the southern border to perform non-transportation security-related matters. Further, under Section G, the statute describes what the administrator's authority is if an emergency, as defined by the Secretary of Homeland Security, is declared. The Air Marshal National Council, on learning of the newest threat, told DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, as well as Pekoski and Stevenson, that giving marshals border duty is reckless and puts the nation at risk. Quote, we are once again requesting you immediately stop these dangerous and necessary, unnecessary deployments and let our fams do what the American taxpayers paid them to do. Protect and defend our transportation system. Judicial Watch reported the letter charged. We have to ask, uh, we have to ask, how can you justify sending fams to the border in huge numbers when the border is, in your words, secure and there is no emergency, they ask. Yet, we have major security incidents happening right now affecting our aviation security. And quote, folks, telling you what, they're setting us up. They're setting us up. They do not give a rat's duty about you. Just 
telling you, they don't care. It's all about depopulation. They don't care what happens. They don't care. As long as they're not involved, they do not care. So going on to our last and final article of today, Revelation 6. The rider death on death on a cor- corpse-colored horse with hell following after him. This is by Mark Creech. Mark Creech, and you can find this at ChristianPost.com. So, recorded the book of Exodus in the true story of how God judged Egypt and set the Hebrews free from slavery. God sent disaster and pestilence. The land was plagued with frogs, gnats, and flies. The livestock died of disease. Egyptians were covered with boils. A hailstorm killed people and animals as well as destroyed their crops. Swarming locusts destroyed all the vegetation throughout the land and darkness was sent so thick the people said they could feel it. Finally came the death of every firstborn son in Egypt. With each terrible catastrophe, Pharaoh was allowed several opportunities to acknowledge God and repent. However, the Bible says he hardened his heart and spurned each chance he was given. So this is, uh, so Melody Rossi in May I Walk With You has written, and I quote, It is heartbreaking to watch someone we love suffer from illness. Sometimes it raises difficult questions for us and can even make us feel angry with or abandoned by God. Though we can't always know why he chooses a certain path for us. We can trust him based on what we know of his character. If the situation seems unbearable, we should reflect on what these hardships are purchasing. No matter how deep the suffering, the cost is nothing compared to the joy that will be experienced if your loved one comes to know Jesus through this ordeal, unquote. So he goes on to say, in Revelation chapter 6, the Apostle John is permitted to see how God intends to wrap up human history. The Apostle has seen Christ given a scroll with seven seals, the title deed to the earth. Each seal broken on the scroll reveals an action God plans to take. With the first seal uh, was broken, John a rider on a white horse. Uh, John saw a rider on a white horse representing a great world leader who would deceive the nations. When the second seal was broken, John saw a rider on a red horse who was given the power to take peace from the earth. When the third seal was broken, John saw a black horse rider carrying a pair of, a pair of scales bringing a great famine. When the fourth seal was broken, this is what John said he witnessed. Quote, this is Revelation chapter 6, verses 7 through 8. When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being saying, Come! And I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with sword and famine and disease and wild animals. So the rider is uh, on a pale horse, or one might be deemed a livid greenish horse, a horse the same color as a corpse. Its rider is named Death, and hell or the grave follows him. Behind Death, the grave acts like a street sweeper that falls behind the carnage, sweeping masses of souls who have died without knowing Christ into the pit of hell. This is, once again, an article that I'm reading. does not represent my complete views on this subject. Everybody has a different uh, interpret. Not everybody. I would say there are different scholars who interpret that scripture differently. So going to go on from there anyway so the rider on the course uh, corpse colored horses rides throughout the earth and destroys one-fourth of the world's population with war famine pestilence or disease and wild beasts this event is more significant and intense uh than anything this world has ever experienced millions even billions will die from disaster and disease now interestingly when the late dr h.a ironside whom i love by the way uh, wrote his classic lectures on the revelate on the revelation and described the fourth horseman he said it was a picture of pestilence which allows uh 
which always follows war and famine. Then he added, we have known something of that in this last year, but the complete fulfillment awaits at a not far distant day. And so he goes on to say, what was Ironside referencing? A footnote in his lectures says the reader will understand his lectures on Revelation were delivered during the armistice year and while the influenza plague was still progressing. So here's what the National Archives and Records Administration says about that particular worldwide pestilence in the influenza epidemic. It says, quote, the influenza epidemic that swept the world in 1918 killed an estimated 50 million people. One fifth of the world's population was attacked by this deadly virus. Within months, it had killed more than any other illness in recorded history. The plague emerged in two phases. In late spring of 1918, the first phase, known as the three-day fever, appeared without warning few deaths were reported victims recovered after a few days when the disease surfaced again that fall it was far more severe scientists doctors and health officials could not identify this disease which was striking so fast and so viciously eluding treatment and defying control some victims died within hours of their first symptoms others succumbed after a few days their lungs filled with fluid and they suffocated to death the plague did not discriminate. It was rampant in urban and, and rural areas, from the densely populated east coast to the remotest parts of Alaska. Young adults, usually unaffected by these types of infectious diseases, were among the hardest hit groups, all along with the elderly and young children. The flu afflicted over 25% of the U.S. population. In one year, the average life expectancy in the United States dropped by 12 years. Of course, like Ironside, we have known something of this kind of pestilence most recently. The coronavirus worldwide epidemic is an ongoing crisis, according to the World Health Organization. The most current statistics show the virus has been contracted by nearly 652 million people and killed over 6.5 million globally. But the epidemic just hasn't or hasn't just affected world health. It's also demonstrated the fragility of our entire system of public health, food production, delivery and labor. The social disruption has made the means to destroy millions of enterprises and exacerbate the problem of extreme poverty. Lockdowns have represented their own serious challenges, preventing people from earning wages and therefore being unable to purchase food or forced to buy less food or nutritious food. This is to say nothing about the profound negative impact of the epidemic on mental and emotional health worldwide. Something that has puzzled Bible scholars is John's account of the fourth horseman's authority to kill by wild animals. Dying by the sword, famine, and disease are easy enough to understand. But what is it meant when the scriptures prophetically describe a period of mass death by the beasts of the earth, as some translations rendered, or by wild animals? It isn't easy to nail this down, but it could be referring precisely to what it says. Perhaps there is such chaos at this point, societal controls are primarily broken down and God puts it into the heart of predatory animals, ferociously hungry to hunt and kill humanity. We might be looking at something akin to a real-life scenario of Alfred Hitchcock's movie, The Birds, except it would be probably include other animals too, he says. Perhaps that's being foretold in the future when mankind... Uh, which has been such a poor steward of the planet and corrupted it so severely by sin, the animal world rebels against its master in the same way man has rebelled against his master, God. Animals are permitted with the animals are permitted with divine authority to slaughter people everywhere. 
He says, it could be, however, that what is being conveyed is something more natural, such as disease carrying vermin like the rat. Assange says rats carry as many as 35 different diseases. The fleas from rats spread the bubonic plague during the 14th century, killing anywhere from 75 to 200 million people. He goes on to say, uh, it should be remembered the coronavirus has allegedly been connected to horseshoe bats in China, zoonotic diseases or illnesses that can be transferred from humans, uh, but they are rare. Let me interject here. We all know that that's a lie. That is a straight up lie from hell that was concocted in a lab and everybody knows it. Sorry. <laughs> I had to, to chunk that in there. Anyway, he goes on to talk about it a little bit more, but you know. Uh, he goes in his marvelous book, Approaching Hoofbeast, the late Dr. Uh, Billy Graham provides a word of clarity regarding all of this. But, you know, I'm not a big Billy Graham fan. I'm not, I know I'm going to catch flack from that, but I'm not. I mean, I'm not a big fan of his. Um, he said there towards the end, there's many paths to heaven. And he, you know, and I don't know if he was just mentally not quite there like he used to be, you know. I don't really know. But you, if you want more information on Billy Graham... And kind of what I'm referring to, go listen to Spencer Smith on YouTube. He will tell you all about, all about it. And uh, you'll learn a whole lot more like I did. I watched, I was like, what? Because I had Billy Graham books, and I was like, what? And then I had watched a couple um, of his interviews, and I'm like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right. And I kept thinking, well, he is old. You know, I thought maybe he just, you know. No. Go check out uh, Spencer Smith. You're going to learn a lot about him that you did not know. And I didn't know. So anyway, um. Don't shoot the messenger. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, guys, oh, I'm trying to keep these to about an hour, um, maybe less. Yeah, 30 minutes for me I, would be ideal, you know, but you know me. I, I got ADD and I talk a lot. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, guys, I, I really appreciate you guys listening to me. And I, yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a country girl. I'm just a Texas girl, you know, just kind of giving you guys headlines as I see them. I go hunt them out and see what I can find. And I don't read the articles before I read them to you because... You know, I kind of want to, I kind of want to read them as I'm reading to you and kind of give you my thoughts on them as I'm reading them. You know, if I read them ahead of time, then I can, you know, f take you to formulate this and process. You know, I don't want to do that. That's not me. I'm a spur of the moment person. Um, anyway, I'm that person that's in the grocery store and they have those, <laughs> those items there right there. Those like, oh, you need to get this top thing. The last minute decisions. Um, I won't tell you what we call that in retail, but we set those there specifically for people like me. <laughs> Like, I'm going to grab that impulse thing, right? I'm going to get it. Yeah, impulse. I'm very impulsive. No, I'm not very impulsive. No, when it comes to buying stuff, I'm very um, methodical. I research. I, I'm such a researcher. My brother always calls me and asks me, hey, um, I'm looking for a washer. So, man, I get down to bed. I start researching, man, reading reviews. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So, that's I'm a very analytical person when it comes to that. But, anyway, as far as headlines go, you know, I, I want to give you, like, my first first take on them. So anyway, um, I do appreciate the donations. I really do. You guys are awesome. I'm very, very thankful. Um, very thankful. Um, you know, because that, that helps me pay for um, helps me pay for stuff. Helps me pay for my, my website. It helps me pay for um, my podcast platform. And um, eventually, I'll get back onto Rumble. Rumble, where I you know will pay. Right now, I'm just doing the free plan. So um, and that's all I need is a free plan. I don't don't do a whole lot. Um, on Rumble, I just don't have a whole lot of time. Um, we still with the person we were going to hire fell through, and uh, so I found another guy. He fell through. Uh, so you know we're still out looking. But hey, do want to throw this out there? I did get another office off offer for another uh, security position. 
uh, pays a lot more. But it's one of those positions. She is a, it's called a flex officer. So if any of you guys out there work security, you know what a flex officer is. We fill in when somebody else calls in. So that's kind of like what we're there for. So you don't really have a set schedule, you know, uh, unless somebody goes on vacation or something, you know. But anyway, they pay really well. And uh, we'll kind of go from there and see if that works out. Um, but it's kind of getting a little bit more dangerous where, I, where I'm at right now. But, hi, young, my friend said, um, thank God I was there when that happened. And uh, I, I really am because, and Johnny said the same thing. Because if not, the guy probably would have killed him, would have killed him. Well, I have no doubt in my mind who would have killed him. Um, he's looking at 15 to 20 automatically. And if they can get him on enhanced, which I'm pretty sure they can, he's going to go away for life. So keep him in your prayers. That uh, he knows Jesus, but that he never gets out of prison. So, <laughs> anyway, Johnny's doing well. Um, I was able to talk to him for about an hour yesterday. No concussion, no broken bones, by the grace of God. Lots of bruising and swelling, but praise the Lord, everything is good. And uh, we did find out um, the kid or the guy that was swinging whatever it was in his sock. It was a pipe. It was a metal pipe um, in his sock. And I just cannot believe it. Still can't believe it. But anyway... This is the world we live to, so if I give you any words of caution today, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your surroundings. Um, they can come out of nowhere. People can, like, turn on and turn off like I've never seen before. That guy was calm and then snapped. I mean, just snapped. It was, um, it happens. So, you know, you got to watch out because we do live in a world, you know, demons do exist, folks. People are possessed. That does still happen. Jesus talked a lot about it. How many people did he heal? Um, so it didn't just happen back then, it's still happening, probably even more so now, because Satan's, you know, he knows he's got but a short time, so just please be aware of your surroundings, um, don't, if there's anything on your windshield, or do not touch it, do not pick it up, if anything is on your door, do not pick it up, I will give ladies and, and, and gentlemen, too, I'll give you guys some words, carry, um, nitro gloves in your pocket, just go out, grab, I've got some rely on gloves right here, um, I carry them to work with me, um, I carry them in my pockets that we have little, um, things that fit on our utility belt we have little pouches for them and i carry them in my pockets too i carry them when i'm not at work uh, i'll tell you guys please do that because fentanyl is everywhere um it will kill you you can touch it and you can die it can be a lethal dose just like that um you don't have to take it you don't have to ingest it you can touch it and it'll be absorbed into your uh, bloodstream that way. So be very careful what you guys do. Be aware of your surroundings. Ladies, do not sit in your car looking at your phone. I was guilty of this too. But I'm going to tell you right now. Do not sit in your car looking at your phone. I know it's a nice time to relax. And you know, how oh, it's quiet. And you can, don't do it. Don't do it. Not nowadays. Don't do it. Unless you're in a garage. That's fine. Even if you have a gun. Like I carry a gun. Even if you carry a gun. Don't do it. Don't do it. Get as soon as you get home, while well, you grab your stuff out of your car, you shut and lock that door, you grab whatever you can, uh, get pepper spray. Um, if you don't feel comfortable carrying a gun, you can carry pepper spray, you can carry a stun gun. There are a whole lot of things you guys can carry, um, that are not lethal. If you don't want to carry something like that, if you don't want to carry a firearm, I completely understand. If you, if you want to carry a firearm, go get training, lots of training. You want to be able to take that gun apart and put that thing, but you want to do everything about that gun before you carry it. Let me just tell you that. If the gun jams, you're going to want to be able to, how to fix that because things can happen very quickly. Um, you know, but if you don't feel comfortable carrying a firearm, get you pepper spray, <clears throat> get a stun gun. Um, there's a lot of other ways you can do. Um, go take some self-defense classes. That's another huge one you can do. Um, there's things on your keys you can carry as well that you can take out someone's eyes with. 
Um, lots of stuff you want to go for if you ever find yourself in that position. Uh, you know, they train us. Uh, they train us how to fight dirty, and that's how we fight. So to protect ourselves. And so you'll need to learn how to fight dirty. There's nothing wrong with fighting dirty. Now, if your life is at stake, you're going to use anything and everything you possibly can to protect yourself and other people. So anyway, with that, folks, <laughs> I've gone a little further. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know me. I really am going to get off of here now. I really am. But lots of headlines going on. There'll be some more tonight. And I'm going to work on another article probably at work today. Um, to go ahead and post you guys. I did post an article on my website, on my blog. So they're really short and sweet. I don't do anything long. I, I hate that when you go into something, you like to read this long blog. You know, I'm not that kind of person. I'm short and sweet. Until the, if you read my stories, my books, very short, very sweet, but very dramatic. I try to pack everything into a few words, you know, into it. Like, because nobody wants, I mean, some people can read like, you know, long books. But I've never been one of those people. I've never been one of those people who can read long novels. The longest book I ever read, I was in college and it was The Stand, Stephen King's The Stand, the uncut version. That was like four Bibles in one. That's how thick that book was. I was like, whoa, but I finished it. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not a, I don't like the long books. Yeah, I like to keep them like three, 400 pages, but my books are smaller. So if you guys want to, you can go into Amazon, check them out. Um, I got a few on there. Very cheap, very cheap. I don't, um, I, I don't make a living on those. Trust me, I don't. They're not for that. They're just for, you know, great stories. If you guys want to read something that's Christian and very family friendly and nothing, no, no nude scenes or any of that garbage just is very family friendly. You know, kids could even read if they wanted to. Well, maybe not when the rapture hits the fan. That that does kind of get a little dramatic. So probably kids under 14 or so probably shouldn't read that just because it's because it can be intense, you know, but it's quick. It's a quick story. But anyway, with that, guys, I'm really going to get off of here. And I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful day. And um, you know, just remember what we're here for, the Great Commission. We're to make disciples and evangelize the world. That's what we're here for until Christ comes back. Until he comes back. And, uh, man, I pray it's, I, I know it's, he's coming soon. I know that he's promised us that. But soon to us and soon to him. is yeah, like a day is a thousand years. A thousand years is as a day with God. And so we're, with us, we're down here living in this mire and muck of sin. And we look around the world and it's like, ah, but don't grow weary in doing good. Like the Apostle Paul said, just keep, keep doing good. Yesterday, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, after what had happened, I was kind of looking at people a little bit different. You know, I'm not, not I'm trying to be as friendly as I used to be. But I'm like, you know what? I can't live like that. I just can't. Not everybody's mean like that. Not everybody's vicious. But I still got to be on guard and I can't let my guard down, you know, at work. So or anywhere really so with that guys i am really getting off of here and um i hope you guys have a have a great day and um you know get get into the word of god let the word of god get into you and by the way if we're still reading along with our chapters we're up to chapter 12 we're reading to chapter 12 in genesis and uh we're reading it to chapters uh, 11 in the new testament if that's what you guys are doing um so we'll be in matthew so matthew in genesis so I'm going to get down to business and start reading, get caught up on some reading today. Too. So I'm a little behind myself. Uh, oh, another thing. If you can't read, say you just can't do it. So you don't have time. You just can't focus. Like you have 80s, but you, ah, you can't. There are a lot of great apps out there that you can audio Bible. You can listen to the Bible. So, you know, if you think about it back then when the church first started, not everybody had, you couldn't you didn't have their own Bibles to carry around with them. No, they heard it. People told them the word of God and that's how they learned. So think about that. Not everybody had the, the, the scrolls they could carry around with them, you know, so they heard it. They went to hear it. So 
we are blessed that we have the word of God. We are blessed that we have audio, but we have all kinds of things. So use them. So if you don't, if you can't focus and stay focused to read it, listen to it. Listen to it over and over and over again. Um, PR, uh, PRSC, I think it is, is called the, uh, the app is called Public Reading of Scripture. Um, anyway, you'll see it because it's like black and white. If you go to the app store to download it, and it's got a very good dramatic um, reading of the Bible. It's very, very good. I've played it on a couple episodes, I think, last year or so. But anyway, very good. So if all else, you know, do that. Okay, so I'll go ahead and close in prayer. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, oh, Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for, so much for the people who listen. Father God, I ask, Lord, that you would give each one of us um, boldness, Lord, to tell people about you, Lord, to not be afraid, to not let the world tell us what we can and cannot do, and to not listen to the world, Lord, but to listen to you and to your commandments. Father, please help us to tell the world about you while there's still time. Father, please make a way for us, Lord. Please give us opportunities, Lord, to tell folks about you, to show them love, God, that we may have compassion for them. Father, Lord, please, God, I ask you all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening and get in the Word. Let the Word of God get into you. And Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha.